Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TWS podcast. It's lights out and away we go. I got free sausages sent to me every week for a year. Brilliant. No, I never really got into, I never really got to a place where I could call Michael a friend of mine, really. Don't worry, guys, I'm back. Panic's over. I'm here. And he was Wayne Rooney, he walked through the doors. And I remember him saying, just make the most of every moment. Hello, my name is Simon Lazeby and I'm a presenter on Sky Sports. You may have seen me present sports such as the F1, international rugby, England cricket and golf from around the world. However, I wanted to come and give you some information about the TWS Sports Podcast. The TWS Sports Podcast is the only podcast in the UK which is hosted by autistic students who interview some of the biggest names in sport. Each week, they speak to a different sports person and delve deep into their lives talking about the highs and the lows of their career and what makes them a top athlete in their sports. The TWS Sports Podcast were voted the best sports podcast in the world that promotes social equality. They picked up that honour at the 2021 Sports Podcast Awards. So if you're a sports fan and want to hear these great stories with questions from some amazing young people who promote autism, then the TWS Sports Podcast is the podcast for you. Technowood School is a school for autistic children and young adults, and we have set this podcast up to provide our pupils with a fantastic opportunity to develop a range of skills whilst interviewing top sportsmen and women from a variety of different sports. Joining us today on the TVBS Sports Podcast is a former professional footballer. He played 561 times for Wolves and scored 306 goals yes. with with 18 hat tricks. We are currently sat opposite a stand that's named after him. Welcome to the Steve. Welcome to the podcast, Steve Ball. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's a good intro. Thank you very much for that. That's class. <laughs> before before we start, we just wanted to say that throughout this podcast, if you have any questions about for us about anything about our podcast, or you have a question about autism, then please ask. We'd like to answer your questions too. Okay. Steve, this is our our hundredth podcast today so thank you so much for being our hundredth guest that's fine that's fine i'd like to be first but i'll take 100 instead <laughs> well our hun- the hundredth episode is a big milestone <laughs> i will tell you he didn't expect it to get this far oh did he oh you've done well you've done absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. by the way superb we'd like to start our podcast with some random questions before we like we start talking about your career you ready no. <laughs> Do you have a choice? <laughs> I don't think you have a choice, mate. You don't get the choice. No, you don't. Can I go now? Can I go now before you start? <laughs> no. I'm afraid not. We have someone at the door. He can oh, stop man. you. <laughs> Trust me, we'll be as quick as possible. Who is the most famous person in your phone book? Oh, my phone book. Other than yourself. Oh, my word, i got quite a few. I don't know if they'd know them. Other than yourself. You know, uh, Ben Shepard, Bradley Walsh, Robert Plant, Phil Taylor, Tony McCoy. There's a lot of ex-professionals <laughs> and ex-sports people that are on my phone. Beverly Knight's a nice one as well, because she's from Wolverhampton as well. So uh, I've got a few in there, and I don't like name dropping those, one of them <laughs> things, you know what I mean? I'm minding there as well. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? Oh, my word. That's a good one. These are random, aren't they? Who? Yeah, we like saying people in tailspins with their thoughts. Oh, dear. Okay. No worries at all. So let me think. Then if I could trade for one day. One day, uh, I'd like to spend dinner with them as well. Uh, Or There's two people in in, in my life. That's two people. I'd like to uh, swap it with Elvis Presley because he was the king. He was absolutely top drawer, and I'd love to have dinner with him at the table all day long. 
The second one is probably, uh, what can I say, Pele. Hmm. Pele. I wish I was on the, I was on the scale of the way he played. It was unbelievable. Hmm. Absolutely skillful player. Scores goals for fun. Unbelievable. So I would like to try and play. I know it's a similar sport, football, but obviously, I can't even talk to my thing. <laughs> if you could have any superpower, what would you have and why? Oh, my word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are good ones here, aren't they? Oh, man, what would I have? What superpower would I have? I don't know. Uh, I'd like to have uh, probably, if I could, X-ray vision mm. through buildings, so you can see what's going to happen through cars, through everything, whatever, so you can see what's mm. actually coming and what. You know, as long as you have the ability to turn it off again, yeah, yeah, that yeah. might cause all sorts. Yeah, like a little button on the side here to make you light that off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for answering those questions. Let's have a chat about your career. Yeah. We want to take you back to the beginning and talk about your childhood. What were your memories of growing up and did you always want to be a footballer? Yes, I always wanted to be a footballer since I was a little toddler. Uh, and you won't believe this, my mum used to, my dad used to clip me around the ear after school because I used to come back with my school gear on, my school shoes on, didn't get changed, got the ball straight away over the park, come back filthy. Oh and no! In them, days, in them days, you only had one outfit, one trousers, one jumper, one shirt, you had to wear it for the <laughs> week and that was it. So we had to clip around the ear, but it was my my dream. Who, who, who knew I'd get to where I was at that time of the time of the youth, and I always loved to use, used to go over the park after school, come back at ten o'clock because ten o'clock was the time you had to be back in, and that was it. Up for school the next day, back to the park after this, and I was a very very lucky person, a very very lucky person. And how I actually got to what I was, it was um, it's a bit like yourselves, work hard. That's what you need. Okay. Work hard. I'm not saying you've got no skill, because I never had any skill. I work my socks off, you know, because a lot of people have skill and hard work. Some mm-hmm. people don't have skills, some have hard work. I just had hard work. My skill was just scoring the odd goal <laughs> now and again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and I was very lucky, you won't believe this, I'll give you a little story, because when I was 17, uh, before I came to professional football, I, I had a trouble in my knee. It was called a foreign body. A foreign body is a piece of bone that floats about in your, in your body like this. And... Uh, it kept locking, my knee kept locking, and I had to keep pushing this bone back in like this. And when I was 17, I had to have an operation on my knee, on my knee, and before I had the needle in my hand, the knee said to me, Listen, Steve, when we take this bone out, you are never going to be a professional footballer. And that was when I was 17. 17 years later on, it happened again, and that's why I had to retire. A piece of bone had broke up again when I was 17. So I was very, very lucky. But I'm, when I got to schools like yourselves or schools, I'm going to say, and you say to me, we can't do this, we can't. You can. You can do whatever's in front of you. You can overcome your fears or overcome your injuries, and you can do it, seriously, because mm-hmm. I did it, seriously. You already answered question two for us. Have I? Yes, we, See, we were, we're X, about to X-ray ask vision. you. We were, we were about to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> we were about See, to ask I've you. I've got it all ready, look. <laughs> I think I know okay, why. I've okay, got it like that. No, Okay, a bit of script. When you were a kid, did you ever send a ball through a window? Oh, through a window. Um, well, we we used to we some lived opposite us with the grass in, in between grass in between the road and the and the fence, and we used to be uh, the, the the lady and the, the gentleman who, was, who used to live there quite oldish at the time, which he was one of them. We, we used to bang the ball against the wall. We used to get some chalk, you don't believe it, and put a goal on the on the ball like this. <laughs> so we we're banging we we score this ball really hard, score goals, bang bang bang. They're coming out and they're going to us. Can he stop? It's in the ball against the wall. We've already broke two ornaments. I've come off the wall. Oh, no. <laughs> so I had, we had to stop. But that was it. I was, I was, I was the worst thing I've ever done was 
throwing throwing stuffed toys that wind up hitting the lights. Oh yeah. And somehow managed to dig holes in the wall yeah. in my back in my old house. Holes in the wall with toy cars. Okay. Okay. We just okay. play with it and well. We used to draw on the wall. We used to draw because he got bored. Me, me and my brother, we had like bunk beds. I was on the bottom. I didn't like. I didn't like heights. So he was on the top. And if honestly, if, if you go to the, the house where we lived, and I'm sure somebody said they lived in the house, they took the wallpaper off, and there's these big drawings on the plaster of, of me where we draw big Mr. Men people in on there or something like that. Seriously. So we didn't throw anything. So just, so you drew yeah. things. We I drew, dug things. You dug things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You caused more damage than me. I also swung my swung my door off its hinges. Did ya? I was a kid. That's temper. That's that's terrible, that is. That's terrible. I, I, no, I didn't. I did it for fun. I was. I I, oh, I, I, I used to swing oh swing on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, destructive. My parents still tell me I have a destructive aura because oh, like, oh, they tell me all I have to do is look at something and it'll fall. Is that what it is? Is it? <laughs> that's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> To celebrate our 100th episode, we have received a number of amazing messages from some of our former guests. Our first message in this episode comes from former Premier League and England manager Sam Allardyce. Hi, it's Big Sam here. Congratulations to the TWS Sports Podcasts, which is hosted by the autistic students. I would like to wish you all the very best because your 100th episode is coming up very shortly. Uh, I was on there a few months ago and thoroughly enjoyed it. And good luck for the future and continue with the very, very good work. <laughs> All right, you started your career at West Brom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think you can't say that in here. West Brom is in here. Nobby Stylist. Yeah, Nobby Styles was. Manager at the time, what are your memories of joining the club and how did you look back on your time with them? Uh, with them, uh, you know what I mean, I've got to be careful what I say because he's going to go into Wolverhampton and I've got to be careful what I say. As <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you need to be careful, I mean, I, I, literally, I was literally born, I'm pretty sure I was born and raised here in Wolverhampton, yeah. so okay. yeah, I've been here exactly. in this I place all my life. Here and I can remember when I was young, it used to be chaos. Was it? Yeah. When there was always like a wolves came, everyone just rushed. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was chaos in your, probably in your day. But uh, I've got to, I've got to say to West Brom, um, I mean, Nobby Stiles, God forbid, he's, he's passed away. He was a very, very good coach and a good manager. And uh, he taught me a lot of things in football, i.e. stand on your own two feet, uh, do what you do for normal in a football, don't listen to other people sometimes because some people want you to do what they want to do. You know, so you got to be single-mindedly. Uh, but when I left there and came here, I was, it was unbelievable. If you just, you weren't even thought about twice when I was here in 1986. This, this wasn't even here, this stand. That stand weren't there. That was a mile away that way, and there was a whole concrete South Bank here. This was all run down, and looking back now to now, it's absolutely unbelievable now. This is this is different class now. Plus, different... Yeah, plus I did that doubt it hurts that you have one of these stands named after you. Yeah, yeah, I did get the email. I don't know who sent the email. Who sent the email to my wife? My wife says, where, where, where are we going? To... I say to my wife, Chris, where, where are we doing this podcast? Are we doing the training ground? Go. You're going to the ground, I think, Steve. Email come through, email come through, says, uh, we're in box number 15. We don't know what stand it is, but it's opposite the Steve Bulbler. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to get in there. You got mine, right? Yes. <laughs> this is one of the most famous stands in the, in the Midlands, the Billy White stand. Yeah. 
<clears throat> you got off to a great start with West, West Brom, but they sold they, they quickly sold you to the, their local rival Wolves. Why did West, West, West Brom so, sell you after, make, after making a great start with them? Yeah, yeah, well, I think I scored three and five games, and then uh, Nobby Stiles went, and a, a gentleman called uh, Tommy Ron, Ron Saunders came in, ex Villa, uh, ex European Cup winner. He came in, he obviously didn't like what I was doing there or whatever, I don't know, because sometimes new managers come in, old players don't fit in the, in the way they do it. You see it in this day and age now. And uh, I went in the office and one day he called me in and I, I, I was like pleading with him for about 20 minutes saying, listen, I've just gone to the side, I've scored three goals in five games, come on, give me a chance. And his exact words were, you, you haven't got a first touch for this division. And I went, I was deflated, I was really deflated. Honestly, and I thought, what, what have I got to do? I thought, I'd just give up my job uh, 12 months early. I thought, well, I just want to play football. These give me a lifeline, Graham Turner came here. And ever since then, you know, in the first game, first three games, they were drawn nil, 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 something like that. They were one, one, nil, and then we never looked back after that. And me and Andy Thompson came from West Brom to here, and that's a lot of money in your life. Sixty-four thousand pounds for two players in in that era was a lot of money. Now you're probably looking at sixty-four million. And if it was million, why people play that so much for a bunch of for you know a what? person to just kick a ball see, around? I'll never know. See, see, cut the camera, cut it off, cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> You have to put up this all the time. <laughs> Not all the time. Trust me, I've got a brother. He's real. He's like a little demon. Is he? Like he runs. Hey, <laughs> what's wrong with me? Not you, my brother. Brilliant. Come on, next one. All right. You made <laughs> your Wolves debut. Debut. Debut against Wrexham in 1986. What are your memories of making your <clears throat> debut? Or debut? Yeah, it was um, it was a bit scary to be fair. Um, uh, I know I'd just come from West Brom, which was which I was like uh, third in Division One at the time, which is the Premiership now. Wall the third from bottom in Division Four. It was a bit uh, a bit of the rivalry, if you know what I mean, because Walls and West Brom never never get on. And I just thought, well, what have I do here to to win them over? And uh, I think we drew the the first few games. And when I scored my first goal, boom, I started rolling. I think I finished about 19 goals in half a season that year. And then the fans took to me then. And I thought, yes, I'm here now. I'm happy and I'm going to make it home here now. And, that, and like you say, I never looked back since. Speaking of those 19 goals, you scored 19 goals in your first season at Wolves and you reached the playoffs in, nine, in 1987, 80, Aldershot? Aldershot, yeah, in the, in the playoffs, mm -hmm. yeah. What are your memories of that season and playing off? In the playoffs. In the playoffs, Played finals. Aldershot in the playoffs, yeah. Playoffs, yeah, finals. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's very like, you say, that was one of the times we thought we was going to go up. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you get in the playoffs, we've, we've gone through a few playoffs since I've been here, and it's one of the most heartbreaking things to go through because you could be 10 points clear a third place, and they, they overtake you, or the fourth place overtake you, because they beat you in the playoffs. And we just wasn't strong enough against Aldershot. Went down there, I think we I think we won, was it 1-0 uh, down there? They come up here and beat us 2-0 or something like that. And uh, it was devastating, because we thought we're never going to get out of this league. But we didn't know that after that, the year after, we'd go up, you know what I mean? And scored 19 in my first... I think it was about 28 games or something like that. So I was off and running then. So, but uh, it is difficult when you come to a situation and you want to get over it and you can't get over it. And uh, But you have to keep fighting on. 
Time for a off top, rock, slightly off topic question and more of a silly question, and you don't have to answer this if you don't have, want to. How much money were you earning at the start of your career, and did Ooh. you make any stupid oh, my purchases? Word, geez. Stupid purchases. Now, when I um when I uh, when I was at West Brom, I think I was on about hundred pound a week at West Brom. Uh, I came to Wolves. You won't believe this, and. Uh, I can, I can tell you what, I think I was on £150 a week, but I had a £4,000 signing on fee, which £4,000 was a lot of money in them days. I mean, a lot of money. And I could have done something stupid by purchasing something like that. Because when I first came here, there was a number plate going about SB9, right? SB9. I thought, Steve Ball, 9. I've got to have that for my car, but that four grand's a lot of money. I mean, like, it was like having 400 grand, you know, and I thought, oh, God, I've never had this much money in my life. I thought, I never had it. I never had it. It sold, I think, a year ago for twenty-two thousand. So mm. I should have. I know it wouldn't have been a foolish buy, but I hadn't got nothing in them days. I thought I'd got to look after that. You know what I mean? So, so that's how much I was on. One fifty a week, and I had four thousand. Mm. Then he got a little, only a little bit bigger after that. Mm. <laughs> I ain't telling you what I had after. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our next message comes from a legend of England cricket. He played many games for them, he coached them, and then in his later years he went on to become one of the greatest voices and commentators in cricket. David Lloyd, Bumble. Hi, it's Bumble here. What about Tetnall Wood School? It's a very special school. It brings awareness about children with autism. And they've done a hundred podcasts with all sorts of people. I've done one. And so here's to the next hundred... I send my very best congratulations, I really do, to TWS. We have a few photos that we have found for you. We will show you the photos and we want you to talk us, talk us about so, so what they are. that time in your life. Okay. Yeah. Oh my word. What's that one there? Oh jeez. Black and white, that's no, all no, I can no, say. No. Are you played in black and white? No, the, the, in the old days with the black and white televisions. No, but the picture. Oh no! I'm trying to print it off. That was one of them where you know, you, you, I, I, I don't want to show the camera this one because it's, it's look look at it's coming out again. You've got that just now. I can't. That's a disgrace. That was one of my first goals. It might have been against Derby. That that might have been against Derby for, for West Brom. Mm. And uh, look look at the air. Weren't the bully cut then? Look, was he? Because that baby. It's not yours then, look. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly what. So that was one of the, one of the goals I scored. For, I, thought, I think I'm sure it was. It was going. To, I'm sure it's against Derby. What's it? Ipswich. Sorry, Ipswich. I mean, which is a good against Ipswich. Steve is our friend. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Yeah. I don't like to dwell on that. There's better memories now. Flip. Is that? Yeah. Slide. Oh. No, that was good old days. That was. That was a shape of van. Sherpa Van Fine, you won't believe it. Uh, 86, I think it was about 86 or 88,000 fans there. And I think, you, if I would say it now, there's probably about 55,000 Wolves fans there. And we only had about 20,000 here at the time, or 18, 20,000 at the time. And uh, they always say to me, if, if you built this ground double over, would they sell the tickets to Wolves, Wolves fans? I think they would because the Wolverhampton got the capacity to support us. But that was a good day, that was. It wasn't for me. Wasn't for me because I didn't score. I didn't score, and I wanted to score that day at Wembley. I thought, oh, when he got to Wembley, he got to score. I didn't know I was going to play for England and score at Wembley. I didn't know because 
Honestly, I had a pug on. You know any other pug on if I was there? I was like that for about three hours until I had like about four points and I was back to normal then I was all right, I was back, I was back in the room. Here we go. Oh, England, Scotland. Look at that baby. Yeah. Oh, my word. Have seen that one as well? There you go. <laughs> you nearly cut Gaza's head off. Look, yeah. you cut Gaza's head off. That's a disgrace. Yeah, uh, that was on That, was, that on the... was on purpose, we swear. Was it, was it on purpose? No, okay. yeah, it wasn't. It was like someone unless you, wanted, uh, unless you wanted it to be. No, no, no. He's, he's around the bend. He's potty, he's, by the way. If you can game on your podcast, yeah, yeah. If you, under- if you can understand me, you, can, you definitely won't understand him. No way. Uh, that was my, my debut. That was unbelievable. That was on, I was in the under-21 somewhere in Albania or a foreign country with Dave Sexton. He used to be number two to Alex Ferguson. And he knocked me door on the night time. He says, listen, the gaffer wants you down Scotland. I went, what do you mean? When? He went, now. I had to get in a car, in a plane, in a car, and I was in, I was in Scotland. And then to get on off the subs bench and score... I didn't realise the day before he was on like a television programme called Saints and Greavesy. You wouldn't know them. And they had T-shirts on saying, let the bull loose. Bully's going to get you. So I was on the telly the day before. All the Wolves fans found out, all the Wolves fans out, I looked out at Hamden Park, 86,000 people, 80,000 jocks, 6,000 England. I looked and it's about 3,000 Wolves there. I'm going like, oh, come to see me on the bench, sitting on the bench. And what I scored that day, there was up in cheers, there was up in arms, it was... It was on, that was a great day. That was a brilliant day, that was. Two good days there. Two good days. Oh, my word, that was in the World Cup. Oh, my word. Look at how dodgy has. If you've got this colour in the gear, if you've got the gear, have you, have you seen these pictures in colour? Yeah, yeah. They're dodgy colours, aren't they? They are. Like, no fear, I think it was. No fear gear, I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, it was me. Who is it? Is it Chris Waddler, Gaza, and Trevor Steen. Is it Trevor Steen? Tom, there you go. Of course, yeah, I got my glasses. That's one of the days we had off. Because we was up and down Italy for six weeks, up and down Italy. And uh, um, <clears throat> people say to me, was it one of the best times? That was one of the best times of my life. It was also one of the saddest because we should have won that year. We should have won it, seriously. And uh, I, I only say one this thing about Bobby Robson, which I wish they'd have done. We're playing Germany in the semi finals, and uh, I'm on the bench. And uh, I think we won 0 down. And then uh, he, he saying to me, come on, get warmed up. I'm coming down the pitch, gave me top on, ready to go on, and all of a sudden, Mr Lineker, Gary Lineker, if you've ever heard him, he scored a goal to make it one each, and he just said to me, yeah, uh, pull your zip back up and sit back on the bench for a bit, and I went, oh, just just give me 15, we had extra time as well, and I thought, just give me 15, 20 minutes, because I'd have run there like a Tasmanian devil, and I'd, I'd been, I would, I'd, 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 I might have got a chance a as well. A cartoon character? Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. No offense, but in this picture, it looks like someone of you might have fallen off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's relaxed there, that was. That was like yeah. that. Well, it looks like one of you. Where's the seatbelts? Where are you going to fall off? You don't wear seatbelts, and they have to swim if you fall off. No. It's only a little pedal out, it's one of them things. Yeah, do any of you actually know how to swim? Yeah, 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 of course we do. Yeah, of course we did. We did, yes, 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 we did. <laughs> yes, so that's why they did wear a vest. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Them days, they never had the vest, and they just say, get out there, you know what I mean? Yeah, just as long as you can swim, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. Between 1987 and 1989, you scored 102 goals in in 113 games. What was it like going into into the pitch, knowing that you were going to score? Easy. That's it. Was easy. <laughs> Come on, give us a little more here, mate. It was one of them things. It was where. 
I knew as soon as I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a chance and I'll score. And you won't believe it, I probably missed more than I scored because I had that I used to have about three, four, maybe five chances a game and I'd only put two away. So I missed more than what I scored. But to score that many in that many games, I, I, I said about Eric Harland, you know, he, he scored 50, 50 last year. I'm going to see if he can do it this year, but I think he'll do it again this year myself, I do. <laughs> so he might even beat that, you know what I mean? But, uh, but that's in the Premiership. But it was, it's, it's, I just went out, so I thought, well, and I was on £100 a goal as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to keep scoring. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Oh, sorry. The <laughs> camera in here. Oh, no. <laughs> and you're wearing a mic, dude. Know, There's one mic here. Oh, I forgot that was there. Fabulous. Sorry, but I forgot that was there. Okay. So, Jack Hayward? Is yep. that how you spell it? Yeah. Okay. Well, pronounce it. I know it has spelled right there. So, Jack Hayward, yeah. Mm-hmm. Came into the club in 1990. How did the, that change the club? It was unbelievable. It was the start of building that stand over there. <clears throat> Sorry, this one, this main one here first, the Billy Wright stand. And uh, he was a lovely, lovely gentleman, he was. And he only had, you won't believe this, one pair of shoes. And those, <laughs> those brown suede shoes, that's all he had, one pair of shoes. See, God knows that's all he had, honestly. But he was a lovely man. He set this club off, up and running. He put a bit of money into the club. He got us as far as he could. Then Steve Morgan came in, and the, the people here now from Fosun. So he started the revolution off again. This ground back on its feet and get it going. Honestly, but I'll tell, I'll tell a little story. I've got time. Okay, can, can I tell you these stories? Yeah. Yeah, we we got we so, got all day. So so I used to have a restaurant in town called uh, Bravaccio's, right? Italian for bullies. And uh, so Jack came up the one day with Rachel Al Flint. God forbid they're both both gone. And uh, this is how Sir Jack is, right? This is how Sir Jack is. It's Italian restaurant, right? Italian with olive pasta. And they come up and sit where you want to sit. <clears throat> they sat in the middle, <clears throat> had the food. <clears throat> I said, I'll see you in a minute. Went to the conservatory, come back in, sat down by them. Everything all right. Oh, the food is beautiful, Steve. Absolutely lovely. The service good. Food is lovely. That was it. Boom. Went, okay. <clears throat> no, it was at all. This is Italian, right? Two days later, I'll get a little, get a little card in the post. Hi, Steve. Thanks for your hospitality. Thanks the staff. Oh, the food is class. Brilliant. P.S. on the bottom. Have a guess what, have a guess what he says. What? Can I have shepherd's pie next time? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. I went, I can't get me out of with that. Because <clears throat> he was like traditional English, you know what I mean? Yeah. Traditional English. Yeah, that's my favourite meal, so I I'll give you. I'll tell you another one of them as well. When I, we had, um, when they named that stand, the Steve Bull stand, right? <clears throat> they named that Steve Bull stand, right? Mm-hmm. We had a dinner in that room where the big room is there. With the, we had a big dinner, me and my wife, because we do events. And uh, I came into the reception, and the security guard went, uh, Steve, um, uh, Sir Jack wants to have a word with you upstairs. I went, what do you mean? He went, on the phone, because he had a flat up here. So I put the phone up. All right, Sir Jack. Hello, Steve, how are you? I'm all right, Sir Jack, how are you? I'm jolly well, thank you. He says, uh, he says I'm, I'm naming the John Holland stand the Steve Ball stand. I went, you can't do that. He went, I jolly well can. And so he said, so, so, school by error. I put the phone down, didn't I? I should have gone. So Jack, does that come with a villa in Portugal and a Range Rover? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going by that, you know what I mean? Hi, boy. <laughs> what was it like to play against against West Brom? I imagine in the 90s, it was a very heated local derby, plus revenge time. It was, to be fair. You know, I think uh, uh, that they didn't like me uh, playing against them because they knew I was going to score against them if I got a chance. 
And that's the only way I could shut them up because they used to give me so much grief for 90 minutes. Yab, 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 in my ear all through the game. And as soon as I scored, I scored a couple of times down there and, and I did one in front of their fans the one time or down there at their place. The ball come over, Paul Birch, head out right there. I'm on my knees in front of their fans going, yeah, yeah, come on then, come on then, I'll take you all on. And then somebody got me around the deck and dragged me off. I went, come on, Steve, you can't take them all on. <laughs> but it was, it was nice to have a bit of sweet revenge, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we just got to be careful what we say. The... You can say what you are, I'm, my time's done, but I'm, that's it, I'm, you can say whatever I'm, I'm available. Yeah, as in, as in be careful with the words you say, because... This is child-friendly. Oh, okay, okay. I won't swear there, I won't swear there. Trust me, nowadays they're a bit special on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. In 1989, you were called up to the England team and scored out your debut. What, what are your memories of that game? That was unbelievable. That was absolutely class. Like I said about the picture early on, uh, you know what I mean, me... Uh, being told uh, four years earlier I hadn't got a first touch and then playing uh, for your country. Uh, somebody got it wrong. I don't know who got it wrong. It weren't me. Uh, but uh, it was it was, it was was unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. And I, I, I can't... I can still relive it now because I've got, I've got a picture in my house. Me and Gaza signed it. And I've got, I've got a Scotland shirt that I wore that day in a frame. And bit, I still have to pinch myself sometimes because, you know, like you say, at 17... Shouldn't have been a professional footballer. And uh, 21, then I haven't got a first touch. And then next me, playing for England. So it's, it's very, very good times. Very good times. Speaking of Gaza. <clears throat> Speaking of Gaza, there's a couple of people that wanted to know this. Is it true that you had word with Gaza at half time because he wouldn't pass the ball to you? Yes, England, Scotland. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to be child friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I did, because first half, I've got 12 minutes coming off the bench in the first half, and he could have passed the ball to me three times in the first half. But there were certain clicks, like uh, Lineker, Beersley, Gascoigne and Waddle, you know, you get certain clicks inside from different clubs. Bully, Steve Buff and Wolves, I was on my own, you know, and I'm thinking I'm Billy no mate, you know what I mean? So I was getting frustrated the first half, so second half, I did actually have a word with him, and uh, I said to him, pass me the ball, because he said, oh, bully, man, I will, I will, I'll pass the ball to you. That was a rubbish Geordie accent, by the way. He went, ho air, man, ho air, went, yeah, pass the ball. He didn't pass the ball to me again. He didn't He didn't pass the ball to me again. The goal came about Trevor Stephen, Gary Stephen, down the right hand side. The ball came, came over. I'm against McLeish McFerrin. I jump up like this, and the ball hits me here. That's a great first touch, by the way. Great first touch. I turned, and the ball was there, and I just went, bang. I hit it, and all I could see was um, a microphone shoot from the net. I went, jeez, I scored. What am I doing? I started running. I'm going towards the jocks and I'm going, what are you doing, Steve? So I turned around, as you see in the picture, put my hands in there like this. Who came first? Gaza? I went, you can straight off. That's what I said to him. But uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I was like, but he's, he's a good bloke, he's a good friend of mine now, and uh, he'll do anything for you, apart from your podcast. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see very soon. <laughs> we'll, we'll, don't worry, we have methods. Oh, yeah. I yeah. will pastor him into the degrees. Yeah. <laughs> trust me, he's the pastor. Really? Yeah, class. Sarah Bobby Robson was England manager at the time. What was he like as a person and as a manager? He was brilliant. He was a great man manager. Uh, There was two of them. There was him and there was Don Howe. Don Howe was a great tactician, where Bobby Robson was a good man manager. You mean you got to have like a it's like good cop bad cop. You know what I mean? One 
does he pull out the other one does that one and they work well together so he was an absolutely brilliant manager and I've got to thank him for giving, giving him a chance for England you know what I mean Picture Path is an award-winning visual timeline app that's empowering individuals with autism. This free app provides a simple way for users to plan out activities, such as going to a match or a theatre, using structured timelines that reduce stress and anxiety. Users create a visual timeline that caters to their specific daily needs, allowing them to prepare for activities, events and routines. Picture Path provides a structure that enhances communication, promotes independence, improves memory recall and supports users to manage their day with confidence. Whether for personal use or in educational settings, PicturePath is the ultimate tool for individuals with additional needs, empowering them to manage their schedules, track progress, and enjoy more activities. PicturePath, download the app today. You got selected to play in the 1990 World Cup in Italy. What was that like? Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Like I say, fourth place. I got the medal in my ears. I got signed here by all the England team. All there, and like I said before, with the Scotland one, I have to keep pinching myself, you know, to, to get there, like five years early on, all that trouble I had with my knee, first touch, everything, and then you're in the World Cup, and it was phenomenal, yeah, it was unbelievable, because you've got like Lineker Beersley, Gascon, Waddle, Shilton, Robson, Parker, you've got all these, Walker, you've got all these top class players, and you've got me just coming out of third division, you know what I mean, and I shouldn't have been there, but like I say, Bobby Robson gave me a chance, I'm in merit, I'm in goal scoring like the... 102 goals in two seasons and it gave me a chance. Your roommate, you room... David Blatt. You roomed with David Pat David Blatt, Blatt, yeah. At the World Cup, what was it like? What was that like? He was a, he was a, he was a lovely man, he was. He was a lovely man. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, uh, he's a very good friend of mine. He, he, he uh, actually scored against Belgium when I thought I'd scored against it, scored against them. And he was my roomie. He was my roomie for like six weeks up in Italy. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we yeah, had our little pranks we did to each other and whatever and stuff like cut socks off and deep eat and stuff and everything that the usual footballers do and hide stuff and take stuff off and say, oh, sure, I'll it there. Footballers have to do something, you know what I mean? They can get bored, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, the first time we've heard about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You're yeah. not the first person to tell us that people cut up their sock, people's socks as pranks. <clears throat> we, we did, we did, we did everything stupid. I mean stupid. We've, we've even moved cars at the car park and put on another car park and I can't find it. <laughs> we mean, just, that's why, that's why footballers are... How do you even get in the car without the keys? Yeah, you can get in the, we nick the keys and put them back before they even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like shoving a small guy it's that played it. football in a plane it's and leave him there for six no, hours. Yeah. They, they stuck him in the cargo thing as a joke because he'd fit. Is it? Yeah, and he had, he spent the, spent six hours in the cargo yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. fair play. Because the other two just... The, the others with him picked him up and shoved him in there because yeah. he'd fit. It, yeah, 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 and they yeah, just yeah. forgot. Yeah, that's, 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 that's they actually it. did it to him on purpose. Yeah. That's the best one I've heard. That's a good one, isn't it? Don't you go shoving people in, in, in cargo you bits and planes. You two, you two, off your kid. I've actually never been on a plane. Have you not? The last time I did was, I was too young to remember. Yeah. Our next message from our former guest is from WWE legend Kurt Angle. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. And I want to congratulate all the students of the TWS Sports Podcast on completing their 100th episode. I really enjoy being on the show, and I love the fact that you guys are raising awareness for autism. Take care and God bless, and here's to another 100. Oh, it's true. 
It's their turn. What did you and the team get up to in at the World Cup when you were playing? <laughs> oh, so when you were laughing. Well, I've just said after the stuff on I, you know, what players do to each other and stuff and whatever, and uh, um, uh, fire extinguishers in the hall and stuff like that, and just just silliness, just silliness. And uh, we weren't allowed to have a have a drink, say, on the World Cup unless the gaffer gave us a. Unless the gaffer give us a day off, which he did on that boat trip there, give us a day off. Let but me it, guess. You did it anyway. We did, we, did anyway. we did anyway, yes, yes. But to me, it took me, you won't believe this. Um, Paul Gascoigne, he, 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 like I say, he's round the bend. He's round the bend, honestly. And, uh, as soon as he got there, the week after they got there, he kept saying, do you need any shampoo? Do you need any conditioner? Do you want any underarm spray? And now, 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 he's asking me this for like three weeks, three weeks like this. And the third week, I says, guys, I need someone to do arms play. I've run out. He went, I'll have to try and meet me at one o'clock down the corner. So I'll go at the hotel and I'm standing, I'll come by the corner. And then there's, there's about 10 players there, 10 players on the corner. Have they all run out at the same time or what? I mean, what happens here? So we said, well, down the elevator, turn that way, down that way. Boom. There's a boots. There's a chemist there. There's a boots there. And I guess what's next to boots? A pub. <laughs> they've only been drinking for three weeks without telling me because they've got a cold of shampoo and arm and stuff like this. So we didn't have a drink. I didn't have a drink for three weeks. That's the joyest I've ever been in my life. Seriously. <laughs> and they've all been down there drinking. I know. Oh, no, 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 no. But it was, it, was a, it was a good trip and we all stuck together, if you know what I mean. We all played hard and worked hard together. We did. <laughs> and got off up to silly things <clears throat> that you shouldn't have. Yeah, you you should, did your manager ever find no, out? No, 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 no. Good. No, the only thing they found out was about Gaza playing tennis till 12 o'clock at night. Because he used to play tennis until 12 o'clock at you night. You sure that's what he was doing? No, no, no seriously, he, he was a, he was a, he's one of these that he's a, he, can't, he can't sit still. You know what I mean? He can't sit still. He has to keep doing stuff. And I know why. Because yeah. <laughs> he must have been drinking. He was trying to get it off. Well, he, he, he has loads of Mars bars as well, see? Mars bars, chocolate. Get Maybe trying it. to get rid of the breath. What was it like playing with Gaz, Gary Linker, Linker, Terry Butcher, is he actually a butcher? No, well, he probably was on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> David Platt and more. Yeah, yeah, that, was it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Like I said, uh, some of these questions to interact themselves of what that was like and what they were like. Terry Butcher was a leader. He was, he was solid. He was, he was like, he was the captain. He's going to like you know, tea, you know what I mean? Then you got Lineker up front with me, and if I can't get in the side, Lineker can get in. And like I so say, you got Gascoigne, you got Beasley. These names, I tell you, what, if, if you was about when I played. You would, you, you, you'd go, these are superstars. It's like having the Ronaldos and the Beckhams now, you know, and all Messi's and all that now, you know, and, uh, with all good players. They're all good players. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, what was the best prank in the world at the World Cup? At the World Cup? Oh, well, that was one of them with Gaza. Uh, I can't mention too much, too many more. <laughs> uh, there, there weren't pranks. There was things. There was somebody's birthday. Jim Rosenthal, who was a commentator there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was doing commentary around the pool. It was all in our slot uh, things at the time, our speedos, what they call them, about these boxer shorts. And he'd be doing a proper interview with a telly like this, and Gaz would come behind this biggest cake ever, bosh, and smack him right in the pool. And so he's in the pool going like this, going, and the guy's all on camera. The guy's all on camera. <laughs> so someone knocks someone in the pool? With a big cake like that, bosh, yeah, he's him with his gear on you. Yeah. <laughs> I did. From my point of view, I would. Mean, just get the cake. I'd have just kept putting the cake, would you? Go there. Pick him up and just <laughs> throw him. I know, I know. There's a lot of lot of pranks. That I've probably forgot half of them, but uh, there's a lot of pranks, but in good humour, if you know what I mean. 
you remain the last player to play for England outside the top two divisions. That's an amazing honour, and do you think anyone will ever will do it in the future? Not really. I don't think they will. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I don't think they've even tried. You know, I mean, I, I, I do think there's, there's players, strikers, goalkeepers, defenders in the lower leagues who I think can actually get in the England side, but they won't get a chance. They won't get a chance because the players these days have got to be in the Premier League and the skillful players. You know, like, like I say, I know, I know it's one of them. I don't, but I don't think they'll do it. I do not think they'll do it. I don't. Mm. But there are people out there who can score goals, who defend, who can be good in goal, who are good enough to play for England, but it's, it's giving them the chance. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, back to Wolves now. And is it true that on Friday the team used to train in the car park outside of the stadium? What? Outside that one there. Outside yeah. that one there. That was unbelievable. And uh, the, the the car park itself um, was like, it was, it was slanted like this, okay? And there was cars, student cars, right? Student cars all on there. And every Friday, we used to have train there on a Friday before the game on a Saturday. And uh, you know the only injuries we had? I guess the only injury we had? Grit on your hands when you fell over. That's all we had, grit on our hands, seriously. But the true story is, the students used to park the car there, right, seriously. And we had to make like a runway down the middle. And there's cars parked in the middle, seriously in the middle. So if you saw us on a Friday morning, you've got about 10 of us shunting these cars. So we've got a gap down here, like this, seriously. And the students used to come back going, I'm sure my car was there. <laughs> it was 20 yards over there, 20 yards over there. But as long as we got that bitch down the runway on the back of the car park, it was, honestly, it was unbelievable. And how we Did got they away. Did you think about it? It was you guys. Yeah, they, they knew it was us. They knew it was us. So in the end, I started parking the cars right on the end, in the end. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> about the beginning when they didn't know. They didn't they know like, going, where is it? <laughs> they were like, not my car. Yeah, not again, not again. <laughs> the alarms used to go off, but they never used to stop on. They used to go off and they used to come on now and again. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we used to do. Mm. You scored four goals, goals on New Year's Day against Newcastle. I imagine you and the team were in bed early and you prepared well for that game? You know these stories. You've seen these before. You have. I know you, but you've, you've dig, dug these out. <laughs> yes, we went to bed at 8 o'clock at night. Did you? <laughs> Two nights before. Did you? Two nights before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We, we, no, we didn't. Um, no. What we did, we, we, we got down the daytime. We had a, a bit of a shadow play, position play. We were going to play the ball, got back to the hotel. You're dressed all up and stuff like whatever, and uh, in our tracksuit, got down night time, had all our pasta, our beans, all our carbs ready for next day to go. And uh, we're playing cards at night time, and uh, come eight o'clock, and uh, the gaffer stood up. He says, Listen, I want you in bed by five past twelve. Wish the missus happy new year, or the wife, whoever it is, your girlfriend, wish them happy new year. I want you in bed at five past twelve. I went, Okay, no, it's done. Okay. So he walks past about ten yards. And our gaffer got these biggest eyebrows on because he didn't like looking at you. He always looked like this. Because so <laughs> when you look at somebody in the eye, you can tell what they're doing, what they're thinking. You couldn't see it like this. And he looked at us and he goes, uh, listen, by the way, you can have a couple of halves of beer. <gasps> That's like a red rag to a bull. You know what I mean? It's like that. You know what I mean? So it was four to five of us. I'm not naming the days. Four to five of us. We're there till quarter past 12 at night. Beers, wines, drinking, drunk. Seriously. Were you Seriously. one of them? Honestly, yes, I was, yes. <laughs> and we got up next morning, my eyes are red, and I'm going, 
oh, we've got, we've got to keep away from the gaffer, keep away from so We kept away from the gaffer, he named the side, it was all in the side. We didn't realise 3,000 Wolves fans are going to come on Monarch Airlines and fly up there. And we thought, what have we done? What have we done? Because it's one of the worst things you can do. And we got out there and on the first half, it was freezing cold as well. When you've had a beer the night before, it's even colder. You know I mean, all our fans are dressed as rain, uh, Santas, reindeer, snowmen. They all come in good humour. And we had a drink the night before. So we got in first half, didn't we? Cold, the cold actually usually, <coughs> cold, people, some people think that cold actually sobers people It takes a bit of time, trust me, it takes a bit of time. took us 45 minutes. <laughs> So we've drawn it off time. Get, get, get someone to throw a bucket of That's freezing it. cold yeah, water again, on again, you. Again, Splash. Yeah, again, ice bucket. Ah, that and, works. Uh, <laughs> so we're drawing nil at half time. We thought, I mean, if we get a draw out of this, I'll get drunk every Friday, I don't care. I'm going to have you. Like and I went out second half. Within 20 minutes, bang, 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 I scored four goals. And I thinking, oh, my word. How did you do that when yeah, you were drunk? I must have sobered up at half time. I must have sobered up. Yeah. But I'm, I, I actually think the Newcastle players... I must have been drinking as well the night before. Even more yeah, than yeah, you. More, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke to your former teammate, Matt Murray, yeah. who you played with towards the end of your career. Here is what he has to say about you. Give us a sec. Yeah, Bully was uh, coming towards the end of his career, so um, I remember playing in a resi game when he was coming back and it was... You know, eight, nine thousand turning up to watch Bully and that. I think it was something like that. Um, yeah, Bully was a, he was quality. Which is what you see is what you get. We used to cheek him a little bit as young lads, Robbie Keane and myself. Um, sing, sing, sing the Stevie Bulls attack song, but change the words. And when he got you, Bully had the strongest squeeze ever. So strong. So he was a really strong guy, strong squeeze. So, yeah, he'd... Uh, You'd be caught as young boys and he'd certainly make a squeal and we'd soon be apologising. So all you ever wanted to do was score goals in training and you hit those shots early, hard and low. And no matter, you know, if it was a small side of the game, a shooting drill, he just loved hitting the back of the net. So really hard trainer, hard worker. Um, yeah, he worked hard, played hard. So he's a really good guy. So yeah, sort of those things about a cheeky young Matt Murray, Robbie Keane, Carl Robinson, and he'll probably make him smile and yeah he taught us a few lessons about how to show a bit of respect <laughs> <laughs> we did that in the right way though it wasn't like that I could say it's bullying or whatever we did a laughing way to say you know he's like if they did anything wrong those cheeky little yeah, little pests that was and he said something then and we used to just grab and say say sorry to him and say sorry to him sorry and don't do it again and then they'd shout at us and run off again and do something again and that was like cheeky little kids but as I say you know, that's good lads Keno and uh, Matt Murray, he's a beast, isn't he? Matt Murray. Yeah, he's yeah. huge, isn't he? He's a unit, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah he's a unit. He's basically he's, a tank. He is, he's, he's, he's like this and he's like that. He's, like, uh, yeah. he's a good lad, though, he? He's a good yeah. lad. He's a good lad, but uh, now nah, Matt, he's, uh, I mean, like you said before, work hard, play hard, that's what you got to do. You formed a brilliant relationship with Andy... Andy Much. Much, yeah. much from, for Wolves. He was from Liverpool, so I imagine the communication between the pair of you was brilliant. Yes, me and Mutu was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, we was like on a shoestring, a bit like you two. Shoestring like this, like to move like this. That's, that's how you move on the pitch, shoestring. And uh, like we said before, I'm from Tipton, he's from Liverpool. We knew on the pitch where we were, 
but we couldn't understand what we said to each other because he was all going, calm down, calm down, mad at me, dad. I'm going, much you get number five? And that was the way he was spoken. That was it. We had a, a great seven years. And he was, uh, he was the unsung hero, if you know what I mean. He was, he was, he was like my left arm to me right arm. He's absolutely a great bloke, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had four opportunities to leave Wolves and join teams such as... Torino, Torino, Newcastle, Coventry, and Celtic. Why did you turn them all down? And were you very close to joining one of those teams? Yeah, I'd like to say I, I had uh, four chances to leave. Uh, those are the ones I knew to. You mean most people speculate that they could have gone there, could have gone there. I don't know, but they're the legit ones where the major comes and says, "Do you want to go? Do you want to go?" And I just thought, uh, you mean the Newcastle one? I just thought, just on my first boy, I thought disruption. I thought. But that, that, that would have been probably the one, if I'd have gone anywhere, then that might have been the one I got to because they were like an old traditional side and they got workers up there to roll the sleeves up and graft, you know what I mean? So I think that would have liked me up there and I'd have liked the fans up there as well. But the other three, yeah, I could have gone to Coventry with Big Ron. I had a good, I had a five-year deal on the table and I just thought, well, why do I need to leave Coventry when Wolves are going to pass them, you know what I mean, in the league? So I just thought, no, I didn't need to leave. And as you say... 37 and a half years, I'm still here and I don't think I'm going to go anywhere no more now, I think. No. No. Even if West Brom come back for me, I wouldn't. <laughs> the next message to celebrate our 100th podcast comes from another former guest. He played for Wolves, Shrewsbury and Wales. It's former footballer, Dave Edwards. Hi, it's Dave Edwards here. I just wanted to say a massive well done and congratulations to TWS Sports Podcast. They have now recorded their 100th episode. An incredible achievement. Love listening to you guys, all the work you do. The guests you have on are amazing. I was very fortunate to speak to you guys as well. Uh, you always support me as well in all of my charity endeavours, so I can't thank you enough. Keep up the good work. I'll keep listening. Well done, everyone. One of your managers was Gar... Taylor? Granted Turner. Grant Turner or Tur Taylor? Turner. Turner, Turner, well done. What, what was he like as a manager, and how did he try to try and get the best out of you? Well, he had to try and get the best out because he, uh, they never gave him any money, uh, so he, he couldn't spend on players. He had to get the best out there, and he, he reminded me a bit of uh, uh, Bobby Robson, a very very good man manager, and uh, he knew how to play the players, how to do, to do what he did with the club. And he got us as far as he could, and I think if I'd given some more money, you know, I think he 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 done it a lot better. And uh, it's when it, the the day he left, it was like it, it was sad. It was sad because he'd been here as long as I'd been here. You know what I mean? I thought, well, what what do you need to go? But sometimes you have to keep up with the Joneses, don't you? You have to go new to new, and same as a pitch on the. You have to get rid of Neves, Matinho to bring somebody else in, Lamine and Gomez, and you have to circulate every year. You don't want to, because we don't like up west. We want to keep the same side every year. We ain't going to do that, and that's the same as managers as well. You know what I mean? Okay. We just want to stop with the questions about your career for a moment oh, and play a would you rather game. Yeah. You up for that? Yeah. I'll okay. try my hardest. Okay. Well, you ready? Don't, don't know. You ready? Yeah. What are you playing? What, what is it? A would, you, would you rather game? Would you rather? Okay. Yeah. Night in or night out? No, night in. Okay. Beach holiday or city break? Oh, beach, easy. <laughs> Would you rather talk to animals or speak every language? I'd rather talk to animals. Okay, Mr. Doolittle. You get more sense out of the animals. Okay, Mr. Doolittle. 
Would you rather explore the explore space or explore the bottom of the ocean? Oh, I think it's got to be space. I think that's too scary down there for me. Space doesn't have any oxygen. I hate space because I hate like places are really dark. Yeah, like I'll start screaming. That ain't dark up there. No, we only hear you. Yeah. Do you not get it when you're in space and when you don't see anything but only light? That's it. That's the point where you're for just six moves. months on end. Some of them do six months. Like you're just not laughing. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather go forward two hundred years and see your future family, or go oh. back two hundred me- years and meet your ancestors? Oh, I'd rather go back. So I know where I come from. To be fair, I think I'd like to know where where I come. My daughter's just turned to the moment she got one of them ancestry packs, and I've just posted it the other day. She wants to know what happened further behind us. So I'd, I'd like to know what was behind. Yeah, mm. it was my mom, dad's, my granddad's, and great so on. Yeah, and so on. Yeah. yeah. Graham Taylor. Yeah. Tyler. Tyler. Why does it say Tyler and that says Turner? Two different people. One's Two. Turner and one's Tyler. Understood. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't. I bet she say. could tell you all straight away. She could know. She'd tell me all straight away, wouldn't I? Oh no, she would. I ain't gonna talk to you no more. Has said that. That has said previously that his time at Wolves was one of his worst periods in his career. The Wolves fans turned on him. Why do you think it didn't work out for him at Wolves? Oh, I think uh, uh, with with Wolves it was a minority of fans. It was a minority of fans, and I always say to this day now, if he'd have stopped one more year, he'd have got the club up. He would have got the club up all day long. It was a minority. He's the one who's got to be thankful as well for starting the academy off. Otherwise, there wouldn't be many Wolves kids down there, any academy down there. There might have been because somebody else might have done it, might have done it. But he started the academy off, and it was only a minority of fans who got on his back. That. I think quite a few of them says he, he didn't do well in England. Why is he going to come to Wolves? The same as Glen Oddle when he was going to come to Wolves. It's one of them things, like you say, he, he did all right in my eyes, and if he'd have stopped one more year, he'd have got us up. Yeah. We have a list of people who you have played with at some point in your career, and I want you to tell us what they were like and if you have any stories or memories of them. Are you ready? Yeah. Paul Cook. Paul Cook. Paul Cook is a great, great player. Was uh, he a good cook? Another sk- <laughs> <laughs> You sit here and do this. You, I'll sit there and answer the question. You know, answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a hard one. It was quite quick, that was, wasn't it? It was quick. <laughs> that was <laughs> quick, that was. <laughs> Paul Cook can't cook, okay? Uh, okay, it's yeah. <laughs> okay. He's, uh, he's, he's got. He had the sweetest left foot ever. He could. He didn't need to go out that centre circle there because he knew where me and Muchy were on the field every single time. Turn over the top, ball in the net. That's more or less what it was in our game. He had got one of the sweetest uh, left foots ever. Great player. All right. Um, Gary Bell- Bellamy. Bellamy. Oh, I've got to be careful to say because he, he was boring. He was boring as. He's, uh, he's one of these that he'd uh, it, be on a golf course, right? He'd play about, I don't know, he'd play about five rounds of golf and he'd go, I've still got golf ball, look lad, I've still got golf ball. He wore Geordie, by the way. He was up north. <laughs> so he, he was like watching paint, like right? But he was serious. He was a centre-half. He was a great centre-half, mm. but uh, he was a little bit... Uh, like, like watching paint dry. Well, you, you said that about him, I didn't say it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you did say it. <laughs> Do I care? Um, all right. 
Darren Ferguson. Ferguson. Darren Ferguson, son of Alex. Yeah, uh, you know Alex Ferguson, didn't you? No. No. Okay. 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 He's he's been the manager of Man United and uh, that's his son and, uh, and Fergie. He was like a cheeky chappy and he could talk a very very good game. He could talk a very good game. But could he play one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was a good footballer. He was a brilliant footballer. Honestly, absolutely. Like low, low gravity on his feet like this. He'd win balls. He'd play balls over the top. He'd do whatever. But he could talk a very good game. And if there was an argument in the changing room, you know, he'd be, he'd be in there. He'd be in there with him. Yeah. Okay. Mark McGee. Oh Mark McGee. Mom, mom, my mom helped me with this name twice. <laughs> It did not help, apparently. <laughs> then came in as manager. How did his leadership differ from the previous manager? Ooh. <laughs> well, McGee, he was totally different altogether. Uh, um, different he, 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 he was the manager. He knew he was the manager. <laughs> and uh, he had to be careful what he said sometimes. It was him, uh, um, Colin Lee and Mick Hickman, those three of them together. Uh, all, all, good, all good people, all good people. Uh, but Mark McGee used to say things. Uh, he used to put his foot in his mouth before he said it. Uh, so he'd, he'd go to every team and say... How can he talk with a foot in his mouth? Because it's that bit. <laughs> Stop it, Steve. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a figure of speech where he'd, he'd, go to the, he'd say on the television, oh, we're going to beat these today, three or four nil. Oh, we'll do this team, four or five nil. And we never backed it up. Uh, so he's he, he, one of these where he should have just kept quiet, let us get on with the job and just coaches and trainers want to do a good mate he did a good job for the club and got us where he could the next message to celebrate our 100th podcast comes from the current managing director of england cricket rob key 100 episodes congratulations um i, I wouldn't know what to say i mean you've managed to get in was that is that 100 great guests some of the biggest names in the world of sport you know steve war people like that my heroes bumble one of the funniest men going um so congratulations. It's not easy doing all that, thinking of all the questions and being able to keep it going. And you guys do it brilliantly. Um, and also, more importantly, the, the awareness that you're giving uh, to autism. Um, it's just an extraordinary thing, really. And I see you actually get, you know, every now and again, I see things pop up and I see the odd award and stuff like that. Um, you should all be so proud. Which manager was able to manage you, the... Best. The best. The best. The best and why? The best and why. Uh, I've got to go back to Graham Turner. Not Taylor, Turner. Okay. <laughs> Not McGee, Turner. My middle name's actually Taylor. Is it? So I could get that. Well, only You've got to get that right, don't you? The, the only Taylor is in T. A-I, not... Oh, T-A-I, yeah, yeah, okay. My middle name's David, because it? it's my dad's name. Oh, okay. And Mine's actually. George as well, because my dad was George. Yeah. Okay, this has turned okay. into a conversation. Yeah, we're going off the track, and we know. Yeah. Oh, you know. So, well, 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 where's the fun on being on track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, boring. Yeah. Straight. Yeah. I know, I know. Dull. I know. It's swinging off doors. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> Meanies. <laughs> no, listen, Graham Turner. Graham Turner's a great man manager. Absolutely unbelievable. And uh, he, he loved every single player that played under him. And... Uh, Every player loved him as well. He always got the best out of everybody. He knew how to uh, pat him on the back, put their arms around him, kick him on the backside if they need telling off. He knew what to do, and I tell you, he, was, he, was, he was a great, great manager. But they all were. They all were. Through Bobby Robson, Nobby Stalls, Graham Turner, and me, Mark McGee, 
Colin Lee. I mean, there's been quite a few I've, I've, I've gone through, but Graham Turner was the best one. <laughs> this one's going to be fun. What's the one question that you would never answer? Never answer. Oh, hey, what's the word. one question that you won't answer? One question what I won't answer. That oh, you'll never answer no matter what happened. One. That's a good one, mate. Uh, As in you wouldn't answer it even to save your life. To save my life? As in you wouldn't answer it even if it was that. Oh, what can I say? I'd say I don't know. I wouldn't answer. Was you there till three o'clock in the morning? <laughs> 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 or four, or even five. Uh, no, I ain't really got one for that. That's a good one, that is. What's yours? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Say, sure, Jake, sure. And I've got one. Nah, okay, haven't. I'll stick with you two then. I got on for that one, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do have one, but no comment. Okay. You t- tell me off camera. Okay. 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 <laughs> Keep it running. Actually, Keep it running. Lee, I don't want to. I don't oh, you can't, because <laughs> <laughs> You can feel her eyes in the back of your head, can't you? <laughs> yes, he's actually staring at my head. <laughs> Okay. In 1999, you decided to retire from football. Why did you decide to retire? And was it a difficult decision? Well, actually, you asked that one. It was, yeah, it, it was difficult. Uh, yeah, I went to pre-season tour. I don't know, Austria, Germany was there. And I'd just come back from having my, uh, my oil change in money. They call it oil change, where they, uh, I can say, put a big needle right in the middle of your knee, get all the fluid out so all you can see is the bone, then they put more back in. To re lubricate your knee, you know, what I mean, it's like, a, it's like an oil change in a car. Take the old oil out, put some new oil in. Okay. And we thought that would work for the last time it would work. Got into training and stuff, this was on twisted crack. It went swollen up again. And I just said to Barry Pell, the physio, what do you think of I mean, Keep doing this every three months if you want. And I play a couple of games where I said, but you might end up a cripple. And I just went, well, I'll leave it then. I ain't going to do it no more. I ain't going to do it no more. And that was it. And that's why. It was it was horrible because I was only thirty four and I, I always say footballers should last well they last now to about thirty eight thirty nine now because the things that can do with the bodies is is absolutely unbelievable. Then it was like cut your leg off and put it back and put it back to there and see how it goes from there. But it was it was a disappointing time, but I had to do it. I had to do it. But uh, yes, yeah, but I had a good like I say thirteen and a half years. So I was I was very lucky to get that saying when I was seventeen. I shouldn't have been a professional footballer. So I was very lucky. You have a spend spell spell as a player coach at Hereford. 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 How did you find that time, and did you enjoy being a coach? I did, to be fair. Uh, and the only reason I did it was because uh, Graham Turner, who was there first, who got me from West Brom to here, uh, he said to me, "Come down and coach the strikers and, and do what you do, whatever." Uh, but he was crafty. He was very, very crafty. And uh, I went down there on a ch- I used to get on Tuesday and Thursday nights and a Saturday as well. And trying to get to Hereford from Wolverhampton, it's an absolute nightmare. Tractors, lorries, sheep, everything. All sheep. through Ludlow. Meh. Yeah, yeah. Be, be sure you didn't count them. <laughs> the sheep were driving the trucks and the tractors. You didn't count them, did no, you? No, I didn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> So, so, <laughs> <wild>. <laughs> so going down to Tuesday, Thursday and playing Saturday, I, I really enjoyed it. Coaching, coaching, this coaching now. But after I'd done the coaching in the, in, the, in, the, in the day, they used to have like, it's a free-for-all way, half an hour, five-a-side. No referees, just whatever, good like that. And I used to go and join in the training, doing the five-a-side. So I'm doing this, this five-a-side, doing the sprints as well after and whatever. 
after about three months, Graham turned and went, um, sign that. I went, what do you mean, sign that? I said, what is it? It's a contract. He went, well, you, you want you to play? When you have me on, I'll come down to coach. I went, no, 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 you're faster than half of them. <laughs> I went, no, I can't do it, I can't do it. I went, well, just for you, I'll do it, but you don't, you don't use me. You only put me on sub, now and again, now and again, because I said, I like going out Friday nights, beers, kebabs, guilt Saturday morning, that's it. That's it, done, bang. So a couple of times, I, I, I was on the bench, he didn't put me on, and uh, the, I'm, I'm sitting there like this, and the bench all of them, the game kicks off. Only 10 minutes gone, only 10 minutes gone, seriously, and, uh, and uh, this, this, this striker goes down, oh, I'm there, <laughs> oh, the gaffer's like this, the, the older kids get out, start running. He looks back, he goes, Oi, get out. I mean, you you having me on? I said, Worse than that, though, worse than that. I went, you having me on? He went, Come get warmed up. I went, Sorry, 10 minutes. I nearly fell out the dugout. I nearly fell out the dugout. So, oh, I was stumbling down, stretching away like this and there. Uh, the gaffer goes like this, and all the, all the kids come running up. He goes, Oh, no, bully. I mean, he's got to be having me on now. Just after 10 minutes, I've got 80 minutes. I went, I said, But he's, 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 he's centre forward. You're the only centre forward on the bench. I said, Gaffer, last night till three o'clock in the morning. I said, you want to come on now? So I got, I got on there first half, like I thought, yeah, it's it happened the same as, same as Newcastle. Got out the second half, I scored, and I withdrawed one each, I scored one each. And I, exactly, I went right to his office. I went right to his office, and then he went, you dared that to me again. Like, that's the first time I told him I off. You dared that to me again. He went, and he paid off, didn't he? I, went, <laughs> I had to bite my lip, I had to bite my lip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew what you were going to say. We were about to death. Where are you going? Don't you no. think about bleep, it. Bleep, bleep. Don't even <laughs> think about it. If you were actually going to say it, I was going to scream, B. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. I was going to go, don't you even think about it. Yeah. No, you'd have gone, no comment. Why? <laughs> we would have to sense all of it. <laughs> do, we even, can we, do, we even, can we even do that? <laughs> I think we can't do it cost a lot, it would be a lot of explaining. <laughs> to do? Yeah, and you know why. Mm -hmm. in, in 1999, you were given an MBE from the Queen. What are your memories of that and meeting the Queen? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well yeah. heavens rest her soul. Cause yeah, yeah, no, no. The Queen was lovely. She's, she's more scary than you, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> Is that a fact? Yeah, yeah. She was a, it's a lovely lady, you know what I mean, and I, did, I didn't know I was going to get that. It's, it's just one of the things they give you for service to football and charitable work, you know what I mean, and uh, just getting it in the post. I mean, you get a, you, what you do, you get a letter off, uh, I think it was of John Major at the time, off the, uh, the uh, thingy, a brown letter come to the door three months before, and it says, uh, your, your name's been put forward to see, uh, didn't know who was going to see on the day between NBA of the Queen, and I said, whatever you do, you don't tell anybody because they can take it off you before you get it. And I went, oh, oh, because usually you go, whatever you do, don't tell anybody, I'm going to get this. But I didn't, I kept it quiet. Then I let it come through, saying, there you go, you're going to the palace. I went, yes, get in there. And I tell you what, I went there and I thought, scary place. Have you been in the palace? No. Scary. I've never even set foot in London. Yeah, yeah. No, nope, never. You have to, you have to go I've never trip down the place. Everyone else, everyone, everyone in, my, in, in my family, everyone's been except for me and my youngest cat, they, my sister. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has went, but I never have. Yeah. Not even my brother. We mm. only went to like the low town and that was it. Yeah. Put it in your bucket list. Not then. like the main. That's the best thing to do. Put in your bucket list to say, come on, we'll go down there. Even watch a show. Go, that's the best thing to do. Go and watch a show. Take your mum. And so go and watch a show and go the police. No, I'd be, prob I'd be more interested in the museum, good looking, me away from the Egyptian exhibits. I'm more into military. You can't win, can you? you can't win. I'm a bit more into military stuff. Oh, yeah. 
Like I know a lot of actually going yeah. to cadets. Yeah, you'd be that way, you'd be that way, wouldn't you? I'm a strange girl. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, watching a show. Like history you took me over there and I'll be watching a show on my own. No, we'll I mean, be back. I'm watching no. a show on our own. No, 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 my mum likes Egyptian okay. stuff too. Just but ask mind her. You, I'm not She's the one who got me into it. That likes all nerdy. I'm a bit more into like world wars and that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You keep doing that. You keep enjoying it. Keep doing it. Again, a medal, it was absolutely unbelievable. And mm. she, was only, she was only like this, this big. But uh, she was absolutely lovely. And when you, you, when you get there, you're just like this. It's really, really nerve-wracking, honestly. Mm. And when you get going there, it's, you're only there for about 18 seconds. They go, oh, Steve Bull is... Because they have somebody behind us, see. They, they always have somebody behind them to tell him who's coming in front of them. So when, when I went there, and I, it's, it's, there's a man behind the Queen. Go, oh, yeah, this is Stevie Bull. He's from Tipton and he's a tatter. That's what they said to her. And I've said to me, are you a tatter? No, she didn't, she didn't. She didn't, I'm having you on, I'm winding up. But uh, there's somebody behind the Queen telling who you are. And uh, it is, it's, she just says you play football, yeah, school, girls, and just want to try to work. This is well done, keep it up. And that's it, you come out, then you just, you breathe, you breathe. When you breathe! Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because once when you go one place that you really are going to have like a one, like a 99 non chance and you're only yeah. going to have... Yeah. Nine percent to just go because yeah. it's really tough. I know, I know, but it is a lovely place to go. If you, if you both get a chance to go, please go because you can go around the grounds, look all in the in the palace itself. There's a there's certain rooms that are cut off because that's where they live, but it's just huge. It's worth just going honestly, honestly to see the history. The next message for our hundredth episode comes from a former guest. He is the current voice of Sky Sports F1. He's the commentator David Cloft. Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Max Verstappen has just celebrated another win. Lando Norris on the podium and a seventh podium for him this season. And Fernando Alonso holding off Sergio Perez right to the line. It's been an epic day, which is a perfect opportunity to congratulate you all at the TWS podcast for an epic performance. 100 podcasts over the last three years. I love being a guest on your show. I love being a part of it. You're doing an amazing job, not only producing brilliant podcast asking some sensational questions but also raising a lot of awareness for youngsters with autism and how you can go from strength to strength as well so good on you well done keep it going and here's to the next 100 take care you stepped into management in 2008 at stafford rangers man as as stafford rangers manager yeah. how did you find that and why did you did you not continue in not management. Not continue. Uh, well, lower league clubs these days to manage is like pulling teeth out. Uh, there's no money down there. There's nothing at all. They're scrambling to keep the clubs going, which is which I'm keep. I'll go back to saying grassroots football is going to go out the window soon. None of these clubs are going to be going. I actually loved it there. I loved it. I had eight months there. It was absolutely brilliant. But I had the carpet pulled from underneath my feet. Uh, you know I mean they they thought I was going to take thousands of Wolves fans down there when Wolves weren't playing at home. To start with, we did. There was up to two and a half, three thousand. When they saw how bad they was playing, the sport come off, and then they thought, "Well, why do I want to watch this?" And they just said to me, "The one day we don't, you know more." And they, they give me no explanation at all why they don't. And I went, "Okay, don't worry about this one thing." And I come on, I thought, "Is it worth doing this?" I thought it takes time worth doing it. So I didn't. I didn't pursue it. I didn't. What I should have done when I retired at thirty-four, instead of just relaxing and playing golf, no, I, 
I should have known coaching badges and gone through it and you mean done a few years uh, apprenticeships and who'd have known you know me being a manager somewhere some sometime but uh, it never happened like that so now I just enjoy life now. Okay, you've already told us how you found out about that so we're going to skip number 39. Do you have a museum apparently? A museum? Yeah. There's a museum here. If yeah. you get a chance go and have a look at it. Go and have a look at it. Seriously. Not happening Adam. I can, I can I, before you decide to drag us there not happening. Why? No why? You could like drag it. me there. You'd like, honestly, you'd like it. It's got, it's got. Me and my mum are slow walkers, okay? <laughs> no, this, this is not like a huge museum. Plus, we hate the cold. It's in that stand. It's in the stand. It's really like, warm. Like I said, not happening. It <laughs> no, ain't happening. No comment. No, no. no comment. No, no, nada. <laughs> okay, the museum. There's one here. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favourite memory of your time in football? Favourite memory. Uh, I'll say being here for 37 years, I absolutely love it, I love the place, love the people, it's it's an absolutely beautiful place to be, and that's why people say, why didn't you move, that's the reason why, because of people like yourselves, your dads, your granddads, who've supported this club, and it's just a it's just a down-to-earth club, and it's absolutely unbelievable, and like I said, I could have gone to four clubs, didn't need to, I wasn't persuaded, you know what I mean, I wasn't one of these people as well, uh, that uh, was money I hated, you know, I thought a fair day's pay, fair day's work, uh, where most players now just go secure the future for the wife, which is nothing wrong with that. And uh, as you say, you ain't going to get now one man club or one man for ten years or seven years. You do well to get seven years, but uh, now I'm still here. I'm a brick in the wall, and they ain't going to get rid of me. What's your thoughts on the current Wolves team? Yes, on oh my word, now the BBC is watching. Better watch the current team. Uh, yeah, I think they're doing unbelievable. You know, I think uh, since uh, Gary O'Neill's come in, I think he's done a, a splendid job. I was a bit annoy- annoyed with Lopetegui, uh, of chucking his dummy out and just going because he probably hadn't got the money. Gary O'Neill's done the same job. You know, he's picked, him, picked all the players up, the squad that Lopetegui had had, and he's doing a brilliant job. You mean, he's on, he's on his bare bones. Uh, he needs some more in the squad, but I think they're doing absolutely brilliant. I think uh, uh, everybody was underestimated at the start of the season, saying we're going to get relegated or whatever. Not me included, I thought, well, we might be scrapping again, but not go down. But now we're over exceeding, now we've got to keep it going. And uh, I do think, uh, well, I hope we'll finish well about halfway, above halfway this year. Mm. Fingers crossed. That's if as well we can recruit in January. Do you have um, the key of the city of Wolverhampton? <laughs> what does that allow you to do? Uh, the key, the freedom. It's called the freedom. I don't know what it gives you. I couldn't tell you. Uh, you know, I know you can walk a sheep through the city or whatever you can do. You can, I don't know, you can do certain things, but I don't, I don't know what it actually means, to be fair, because I ain't used it yet and always let me use it. I can't go into a pub and say, there's a kid, can I have a free pint? Uh, can I have some free fish and chips? Can I have free McDonald's? I've had nothing yet. So why they give it me? You know what I mean? No, it's just one of them. It's an honour. It's an honour. It's like a frame in the city. It's, it's an absolute honour. The only uh, downside to that is you keep getting loads of uh, letters off the council say, do you want to come to this meeting and that meeting? <laughs> Nothing wrong with the councils, by the way. Uh, but you get loads of letters say, do you want to come to this one, that one, that one, that one. But uh, No, it is a very, it's an honour. I've got a, little, a nice little medal in there in my safe and a little placard to say, frame in the city. So. Every week on our podcast, we ask our guests to ask questions to each other. Okay. So we ask a guest to ask a question, but they have no idea who the question is going to be You're for. You're going to ask me a question, I have no idea. For this, no, this week's question comes from our previous guest. Previous guest, former Australian cricket 
Kit Justin Langer. Langer. And he asked, what is your favourite quote? Quote. What's your favourite quote? My favourite quote? Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be scandalous. Because <laughs> that's what he used to say, that's scandalous. That is, that's scandalous. <laughs> so that would be my favourite saying. Yeah. Okay. When somebody does something, that's scandalous. That is. Okay. And anybody who listens to this, I go, he's right as well. They'll laugh at that. They will laugh at that one. Mm-hmm. Not the rest of them. They'll laugh at that one. Mm-hmm. Could you do the same, please? Can you think of a question to, for our next guest? But we aren't going to tell you who the guest is. Oh, oh, the question know. can be anything you want. What can we ask him? What can we ask him? What can we ask him? Um, just is it is it a, is it a sports person? Um, yes. If it's a sports person, that's right. Yes, okay. but but it can be anything you want, random. Okay. So what's this sports person? The question you asked me. Before the Newcastle game, have they ever got drunk before a sporting event? Oh, <laughs> hey? yeah, like, that's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely I'm going to enjoy asking <laughs> that one. I'll bet, I'll bet he's going to say, say what now? Yeah, it all depends who it is. If, it's a, uh, right, if, it's if he actually says that, I'll, I'll get five yeah. pounds. Before it. any event, okay, any sporting event, what is what is took, took place in, okay? Yeah. He's got to have done. If he's old school, he's got to have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I would like to. I would just like to say a big thank you again to everyone who listened to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Please continue to leave reviews and pass our podcast on to your friends and family. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, Steve. We really enjoyed speaking with you, and it means so much to us as a school to to be able to have the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so Jacob, Alyssa, we have just finished our hundredth episode mm-hmm. with Steve Bull. We're here now at the Molyneux. How do you feel that episode went, Alyssa? It went. It was. It went great. It was tons of fun. There was also some very funny moments. <laughs> yeah, can you think of one moment or one story that Steve said that was your funniest? Probably the incident where. The one where, with the whole, they got drunk right before a game. <laughs> yeah, well, it seemed to work for him, didn't it? He scored four goals. Yeah, he's maybe, maybe he should do that more often. Adults never understand them. <laughs> and Jacob, how do you feel that podcast went? I feel like that was honestly better than normally how I do it. Because back then we used to do it, like, on Zoom calls. Now we could do some in person, which I think is a good start. Yeah, it's always nice to come out in person, and we've done a few now in person with you. We've went to Anfield, didn't we, a few weeks ago? Yeah. We're here at the Molyneux today. So do you prefer going out and about? I prefer going out and about because it's a good relief for me to just have some fresh air. But not if it's about. cold. Yeah, well, luckily we're in a nice warm room, aren't we? So, Jacob, Alyssa, um, and Tom as well, because t- Tom, Tom has been with us for a long time and done a lot of the podcasts. So the three of you have done amazing. Also, is Mason at school as well. Mason's done a few podcasts recently. So the four of you have done a fantastic job. Very proud of you. You've come a long way. You've developed a lot of skills. Um, so, yeah, well done on 100 podcasts. And hopefully we'll get 100 more. Mm-hmm. And the final message we wanted to bring you to celebrate our 100th episode comes from former Southampton footballing legend Matt Letissier. Hi, Matt Letissier here. And I just wanted to send my congratulations to everyone at the TWS podcast on their 100th episode. You're doing a fantastic job raising awareness for autism, and I really enjoyed coming on the podcast. So keep up the good work, guys, and best of luck for the future. And I'm also joined by Kirsty, who is Alyssa's mum. 
dragged her into have a little conversation. <laughs> um, so, Kirsty, as, as Alyssa's mum, how do you find the podcast and how have you seen maybe Alyssa change from doing the podcasts? Oh, it's been an absolutely brilliant experience. Um, she's gone from not wanting to speak to people particularly, unless it's a favourite subject, to being able to just communicate. She'll bring anybody out of themselves. She's just having a, an absolute ball. Yeah, and as so as Alyssa's touched on, she's not maybe a massive fan of sports, but she's done a lot of podcasts now. You've seen her today interviewing Steve Bull, and even though she isn't a massive sports fan, she is so confident and good at talking to them, and as you said, she'll talk to them about anything and make them feel so comfortable. Indeed. She'll like just talk at them so put them so completely at their ease. They'll just find themselves just telling her anything, basically. <laughs> and how do you feel then as a parent? We had opportunities last week, went to Liverpool, did the, the, the advert. We've been here at the Molyneux. She's been on the news in the newspapers. How does that make you feel as a parent? Oh, I'm so immensely proud of her. She's come on from when she was so when she was so little and so lost to now she's a force of nature <laughs> and she's brilliant she is she definitely is and you've been involved with a few podcasts um to this one today and a few as well from home have you got a, a special memory for you that we've done with the podcast oh my absolute favorite obviously was Mick Fowler because <laughs> he is I'm my hero um and I just really enjoyed being listening to the half of the conversation that I could hear <laughs> and then listening to it when it came out, listening to the whole conversation, which was fantastic. And it was a brilliant experience when we went up to Liverpool for the filming the other day. Um, fascinating. And it's just a wonderful experience for everybody involved, really. Yeah, no, it is. And, and thank you so much for all your support as well with Alyssa and helping out with the podcast as well. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. So, yeah, how do you feel, Tom? So you've been with us from the very start. You you were with us episode one, and you've done probably about 90, 85, 90 of the episodes, haven't you? So how, yeah. looking back now, how do you feel the journey of the podcast has been for you? I think it's gone, like, literally amazing, because I'd say my two biggest, like, achievements uh, and benefits I'd say of the podcast is just not only to like you know disc and you know like our followers but also just to I'm glad to get more of an involvement with our guests you know because like sometimes you know like even if it's a guest that I know or I've only heard a few things about I'm glad just you know to get more information about them and even like their life story before they even got you know successful in that sporting career and ever since like day one that it, it grew more of an interest in me and that's what I really appreciate about the podcast yeah and you have grown you've I remember our first few episodes compared to now you're so much more confident you're you speak very well your communication is brilliant you interact very well with the guests we've done lots of in-person interviews and, and you're always amazing looking back over the three years what's been your your highlight not necessarily your favorite guest but what's been your highlight that's happened through the podcast i'd say my highlight is and this one's quite unexpected but i'm just glad that over the the years that i've also had the opportunity to have other students host the podcast with me 
like I'm really grateful because obviously it changed ever since we originally had the other Tom and then we had all like the other students onwards all the way up to Alyssa and Jacob. And I feel like going on, you know, the podcast with them, I, I like to see that it also resonated with them because, you know, they got to share their experience with autism and they got to interact uh, with the guests similar to how I did. Yeah, I think it'd be a bit bit nicer, Tom. It's a nice answer to say, but also, th- what about, because it's got to be some other things. So things like you, we went to a, a film premiere, didn't we, through the podcast? You had the opportunity to be a Commonwealth yeah. baton bearer, yeah. which only a that select few people so. in, in the country got to do, and around the world, only a, a handful of people get to do. We've been to some maiden stadiums. We've been to award ceremonies. So kind of out of them sorts of things, what's been your favourite? Favourite? I'd say it's between going to like the award ceremonies and the the opportunities to go to like different stadiums to chat to the guests. Because it kind of like, it's almost like you're chatting to them, but like from their perspective, from their career during that, you know, sporting time. So I, I feel like it's really good to just chat to them there. It kind of suits the whole uh, atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. I think my favourite, looking back, was probably the film premiere. So we went, we interviewed Keith Mason, didn't we, who was a former rugby player, who is now yeah. an actor, and he released his own film. And we were invited to the film premiere in Leeds. So me and you went, didn't we, in, in our, our suits and ties. Yeah. And it was a very, very amazing night to go down the red carpet, have our photos taken, have some drinks with some amazing people, watch the film. We met Keith and his family, didn't we? Um, we did. Then went out for, for a few extra drinks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, do you remember, so what were your memories of that night and how did you feel that, about that? Um, I'd say my two biggest memories was was like it was amazing to meet Keith in person because obviously I wasn't available the actual episode when you and uh, the others like Hayden Avatar chatted to um, Keith but um, I was just glad to see him in person and he I feel like people more people should see his limelight for his acting career because obviously from him shifting to being a rugby player to then making the rugby blood comics to then becoming an actor is a really unique shift and uh, there's, there's really good potential in him. And I, um, the other thing that I was glad about was just the, you know, mainly like I mentioned earlier, seeing him in person because that was one of the very first times I actually saw, you know, one of our sporting guests in person. So I was really glad to do that. Yeah, and again, it was an incredible opportunity that this podcast has given us, and as well as that, as well as that, we've had opportunities um, to be in the local newspaper. We've been in national newspapers. Uh, the BBC have come in to to record some of the podcast and, and interview us, haven't they? Um, we've recently been in quite a few fashion needs magazines, and we were on the radio. We've had opportunities to host uh, Wolverhampton City Radio, thanks to Jason Forrest. We were on free radio last week. So, yeah, we've had so many incredible opportunities through the podcast and all of your hard work and Alyssa's and Jacob's and all our others, after Harvey, Thomas, there's been so many students who've done the podcast and uh, Mason has recently joined us who's doing an incredible job. 
so yeah it just shows that kind of all your hard work and it's kind of being noticed and lots of people are, are standing up and, and seeing all the the hard work that you're doing so so well done thank you thank you everyone to listening to this episode um we all hope you really enjoyed it and uh if you haven't already make sure to follow our social medias which is facebook instagram twitter which recently we ran to x uh and tiktok and also make sure if you haven't already to uh subscribe to our youtube channel we really appreciate it and we'll catch you all next time take care everyone see you later The TWS Sports Podcast combines autism and sport. This unique podcast is hosted by children with autism, and each week they interview famous sportsmen and women from around the world. The TWS Sports Podcast takes you deep into the sports star's career, their highs and lows, what happens away from the field of play, and so much more. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. The TWS Sports Podcast, where autism and sports combine.